This week on The Reverse Stick, you'd never guess who you'll run into at a hockey field. We caught up with Andy Halliday, manager of Team GB Men, before their upcoming game against Australia. Euro indoors and India outdoors and plenty more. And welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. I'm co-host one, John Lee, and with me is co-host two, Matt Allen. I'm not sure about being the number two. Well, I spoke first, so oh, I thought, yeah, do you want right. to do it next time and you can go one? Yeah, that's We fine. can share it. Okay, all right, ones or two, doesn't matter. Ones or twos, well, 82s is where we're at, John. This is episode 82, 82 of your global hockey podcast, a weekly hockey podcast. Boy, oh boy. Oh, geez, since since we left you last week, I have not stopped plotting and contacting people and watching hockey and going to the doctors. We can get to them in a bit, John. Uh, still, no, still no answer. Um, and, uh, yeah, culminating in a fantastic evening that we've just come back from. We're, we're recording on the Wednesday night. We've been down watching the GB men's training session for a couple of hours at Perth Hockey Stadium ahead of the FIH Pro League Clash at the weekend it was good to get down there and have a look too it was a would you call it a short high intensity burst session yep lots of uh, yeah, sort of three bit or of nine aside three or four minute games and lots of different uh, uh, rules being put into place with the different scenarios mm. and Danny Kerry um, some great advice for any budding hockey player we can't repeat that <laughs> no we can't <laughs> we can't repeat that but um yeah, he can certainly get his point across, that's for sure. He did indeed. It was great to uh, catch up with Andy too. His interview will be featured later on. And, um, you know, he talks quite openly about um, hockey and GB hockey and where it's at. Yeah, and particularly the Pro League and yeah, some yeah. of the challenges um, that are there. But overall, he seemed very bullish about it, very excited. I yeah, thought. well, I, I also I caught up yesterday with um, uh, GB women's assistant coach, Kevin Johnson, who's... Uh, Big fan of the show. Thanks for listening in, Kevin. We know you're there now, probably on a lengthy hey, drive somewhere or on a on a plane. He he finishes up here. They then fly to China. He lands at Heathrow, changes terminals, and jumps on the plane with the Welsh girls to go to Antibes. It's, it's a hell of a schedule, isn't it? There's a, dem- there's a demand on these uh, these guys in the coaching roles now. But Kevin, we appreciate your support and it was lovely to catch up. And as usual, Matt, we got plenty to get to. Oh. So. News, and we'll start with news on the playing field. Just to wrap up the uh, three-match test series between Spain and Ireland, I think that um, final game was underway as we were recording last week. Um, Spain had won the first game 2-1, three-all draw in the second game, and then the Spanish girls got up 4-1 in the final of those three games played in Granada. Now, should we do Let's see, the Euro indoors. Let's get to Euro indoors first. Let's go to Croatia, eh? Oh, that's one of the places we're going. Well, I just like hearing you say... The, the oh, well, we're going to s- start at the Euro Indoor Club Challenge 2 that was held in Varna, Kamshia, Bulgaria. So we've had we've had the the top top level, the trophy stuff happen. No, not yet. No, that's no, I'm just, oh, no, 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 that's coming now. But, yeah. and, but then there's uh, level 2 and level 3 that have happened over, over the weekend. Level well. 1 and 2. Level 1 and 2. Level 1 right, and 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I was a bit confused. We'll get to the, my confusion in a minute, actually, because this uh, the club challenge two was basically um, six teams play each other once, and uh, following that it was um, Sorokasi Sorok Sari Hockey Club 
apologies there, Sorokhsari. Uh, five wins from five games. 36-4, eight against. <laughs> Goal difference of 28. Not a bad five-game little... Uh, Tournament for them. A so, uh, lot, lot of uh, developing nation club sides taking part in the that's competition right. there. Um, Hockey Club Academic plus Sofia came in second. They had four wins from their five games. The Bulgarians? Yep. Triglav Brendanovci uh, came in third. Hockey Club Kilpari fourth. Hockey Club Electro Jovodina. <laughs> came in fifth and Club Ajara came in sixth place there. Now the way that the Euros work, I had to ask for some advice today. Who did you speak? Uh, who did you get the advice? I spoke from? to the man that we don't ever mention. Who's that, Rob Abbott? That, that's him. Yeah, well he yeah. was busy over in Oslo, wasn't he? He was, and that's why I thought he'd be the uh, obvious man to ask yeah. how all this works. Now Rob Abbott very kindly filled me in on how it all works. Um, for this particular men's trophy number two, there was only one pool, but um, the top two are promoted from uh-huh. any given pool, and the bottom two are relegated. So what that means for Club Challenge Two is that uh, Sorokhsari and Academic Plus Sophia will go up yep. into Club Challenge One, and I believe that. Hockey Club Electro Jovadina and Club Ajara. That means that they will fall out, and there'll be. Is there a challenge? Is there a challenge? Well, maybe. Is there or is there a challenge three? I don't think there's a challenge three, so there's probably. We're going to have to send Rob another no, message. I think it no, but, but it, it comes down to the national winners, doesn't it? So next yeah, year it'll yeah. be another another two sides from from those countries. I'm not so sure that it will be. So well, I think well, it we depends if they win that. their national championships or, or not. Well. National, I think, I th- winning your national championship doesn't keep you in the pools so in in that grade. You know, I said something to you earlier. All on, it John. means is that that grade will your your winner will drop down and play. You know what I said grade. to you though? Don't oh. talk about things if you if you don't, don't know what you're talking oh, about. But I do. I've got. Some no, I know you do. No, there's more to come. More to come. Top two go into promotion pool and bottom two into relegation yeah. pools. Okay, let's get to uh, the indoor club challenge number one then. And this was the. Uh, you, there's two pools that each play three games. After that, the top two from each pool go into a promotional pool and the bottom two go into a relegation pool where they play another series of round robins. However, the team from your pool that goes into the same pool as you, mm-hmm. the points that you accrue or lost against that team go with you. Uh, right. So you only yeah. then play two points to make up for the three games. Does that make sense? Two points? You only get two two games to make right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, Euro Club Hockey Challenge One. Pool A was won by Ad Lasada, and second were Inverleith Hockey Club. They um, three wins to Lasada and uh, two Lasada. to Inverleith. Lasada, the Portuguese side, Inverleith, obviously from hmm. Scotland, which meant they went into uh, Pool D, which was the winners' pool, so to speak, or the promotion pool, and. Uh, Kragnjak Sports Club and SK Sengfice went into Pool C, which is for the relegation pool. Uh, on to Pool B now. Three Rock Rovers finished top of Pool B and hockey team Bologna in second place, so they went through to Pool D, the winner re- promotion pool, I keep yeah. saying winners. Uh, and then into the relegation pool went uh, hockey club OKS SHVSM Vinitsa and Cardiff and Sorry, then. What was that first time you said that? HK HC OKS SH VSM Vinitsa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know them well. Yeah. And Cardiff and Met finished bottom of Pool B. So that meant 
Pool C, which was a relegation pool, was won by Hockey Club Vinitsa. Cardiff and Met came second. Unfortunately, the bottom two teams were Kringjar Sports Club and SK Senkvice. So they will be relegated to Hockey Club Hockey Indoor Challenge 2 next year. And Hockey Club Sorokasari will go up into Club Challenge 1 next year. And Hockey Club Academic Plus Sophia, they'll be going up. And the two teams to go down, as I mentioned before, Kringja and SK Senkvice will be going down to Challenge 2. But who goes but up? That who goes to, up? Who goes that's up? That's what I'm getting to. That led us to Pool D. And how did that turn out? AD Lasada finished in first place. And three Rock Rovers from Ireland. They finished in second place, so those teams will be going up. I think that's three rocks. It's the first Irish side that's gone up since 2006 um, into, into that top level. Inverleith and hockey team Bologna will be staying where they are for the time being. Or teams from their countries will be staying where they are in Indeed. that club challenge one. Now let's get on to the trophy, shall we? Uh, the Euro Indoor Club Trophy played in Svetivan Zelina in Croatia. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. You like the way I said that, did you? Let's move on to this uh, results. East Grinstead finished top of Pool A, followed by Gaznia Tep Poliskuku. Uh, they, they went into Pool D for promotion. Uh, Amien and Soa by Maji into Pool C. In Pool B, it was Grunwald Poznan finishing first and Computense finishing second place, so they're into Pool D and Hockey Club Zelina and SK Slava Prague into Pool C, the Pool of Death. And as it turned out, it was Hockey Club Zelina who won Pool C and oh. SC Amien, so they will stay in the trophy next year or their respective nation's Top teams will be Slava Prague and Soria Biomaji Hockey Club will be dropping down uh, to Club Challenge 1. Yeah. On to Pool D. How did that go? Well, it was won by CHSPV Compultense. Second place was WKS Grunwald Poznan and uh, East Grinstead finishing bottom uh, just behind Gjazdep Poliskuku. They'll be back there again, though, next year after the Jaffa Super Sixes victory. So that means that Computense and Glenwald Poznan will be going up to the next, well, the highest ranking of the, the indoors. Isn't that the highest? No. Oh, sorry, they're going, they're going up to tro the trophy? No, the no, trophy. There's no, there's something higher than the trophy, is there? There is, and I have it right here on some of my wonderful... Um, oh, it was here in some of my... And there's some paper rustling in the background. I yeah. can't say much, though, because uh, my computer's crashed, so everything I've got prepared uh, by electronic means is uh, totally out the window. And the wonderful thing about wearing a headset microphone, Matt, is that you can walk over there and grab the bits of paper that tell you when it's on. Uh, the Men's Cup is the top, ah, the top tier, which yeah. is on this weekend, as is the women's. The women's trophy and the men's cup will be played combined in Vienna, 15th to the 17th. Uh, for the men, Pool A is Hamburg, AH and BC, Amsterdam from Netherlands, Hamburg, of course, or UHC Hamburg from Germany. Swiss team, Rotweiss Wetterden and Partiel from Sweden. Pool B, Racing Club Brühl uh, from Belgium. Dynamo, Ekaterinburg. Racing Club what? Bruxelles. Bruxelles, yeah. Oh, that'll do. Bruges. 
Did I say Bruel? <laughs> oh, look, it's you the gotta, team from Belgium. Brew, like Gruel. Apologies, race at their racing club now, okay? <laughs> yeah, just got a racing Dynamo and Katrinburg, uh, SV Arminen and uh, from Austria and Minsk from Belarus. Uh, good luck to those teams. The women's uh, competition will be going on as well. Women's trophy will be held in Vienna at the same time as the men's cup. Um, hopefully at the same venue yeah, it is, there's yeah. also Women's Challenge 1 and t- Challenge 2 the Women's Challenge 1 is going on in France at you can pronounce that do I? Yeah, very well done and Belgrade will be hosting no, Women's Belgrade. Challenge Challenge <laughs> 2 uh, Serbia um, for only four teams involved in Women's Challenge 2 let's hope in the future we can get more and more teams into that uh, competition well, for the Women's Cup in Hamburg Pool A is De Club De and uh, Alistair Alistair, in Germany Um, MSC Sumshenka from the Ukraine GHC Ritam Grondo from Belarus Dynamo Electrosail from Russia uh, Pool B is Club de Campo Villa de Madrid in Spain LMHC Lorraine from Netherlands Rottweiss Wedigen in Switzerland and the Waterloo Ducks from Belgium so Rottweiss from Switzerland there I think they're the only um, Double up club, club that have got the men's and the women's there, haven't they? Yeah. And now I expect to see all of that streaming live on Euro Hockey TV. It will be fantastic. They do there. Um, they got two of the tournaments covered last weekend. Unfortunately, Oslo wasn't covered. There was a few technical issues there um, right. in Norway, but they'd have hoped to have brought that. But yeah, that that was fantastic to have all of that available and uh, live and free. All you've got to do is uh, just register on the Euro Hockey TV. Did all the broadcast site. waves freeze as they left the stadium? <laughs> it was it was good. It was, and just it's great to have the coverage and, and great to have um, uh, continental federations making sure that these events are, are out there for everyone to see. And thanks to Rob Abbott for letting me know how all that worked because um, who uh, Rob. Yeah, the bloke we don't talk about. Come on. No, thanks for that, Rob. Uh, appreciate it because I had no idea trying to work out how the hell it worked. Uh, and I'm not sure any of our listeners know how any wiser now either, but thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Um, should we talk about India now? Because um, it's been, well, it will be a big couple of weekends for Indian hockey by the time next weekend's up and finished. Well, as soon as we talk about live streaming on the push past pundits of the, the nationals, uh, the men's nationals A division happening in India, the announcement comes, doesn't it? I mean, Mahir did, did allude that it, it might be happening, and of course we managed to get the semi-finals and the, uh, and the finals and the bronze medal game all streamed live through the Hockey India and channels. I, I believe that the and on FIH Live. It was on FIH Live. I watched it through that particular porthole. Um, and on FIH Live, it's also got that they will be showing the women's finals as well. I'm oh, really fantastic. hoping they do because I'm I'm looking. Oh, unfortunately, um, day uh, well the Saturday's a rest day for us. That's good. I thought it was unfortunate, but it's going to be good because we'll, we'll be able to go and watch the Pro League on Saturday and then come home and watch two days' worth of uh, Indian hockey <laughs> on Sunday and Monday. Uh, but let's get to the results from the men's, first of all, shall we? Um, I'm going to have a whinge about this a bit later because it's very difficult to find out what actually went on if post the event. Uh, but there was four pools of five teams, basic round-robin competition. Uh, we got down to the Wednesday... 
uh, last Wednesday was a rest day, then Thursday it was the quarterfinals. First for Pool A, second Pool B, first Pool D, Pool C, first Pool B, second Pool A, first Pool C, second Pool D. I can't find where the pools were or any of that information that's part of my whinge later. But it came down to uh, Friday as the uh, rest day and then Saturday and Sunday the semi-finals and the finals on the Sunday. First semi-final was the Railway Sports Promotion Board. Board versus the Pro- Petroleum Sports Promotion Board, or as I like to think of them, the coal shovelers and the petrol pumpers. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> that was a 4-1 win to the Railway Sports Promotion Board. What watched uh, a little bit of that game. I didn't see a lot of it, but I saw... Look, exciting hockey... They they play. It was, cert- a r- it was certainly end to end. The blokes weren't afraid to carry it on their stick and um, try and uh, delight the crowd. I did uh, send you a message at one stage asking whether these teams were playing seven man forward lines because when that ball went forward, they all went, didn't they? Oh look, and there was congestion at either end in the D ninety uh, percent of the time, wasn't there? Mm. But, but fantastic! Fan- look, fantastic! Uh, Indian hockey fans mm. have been calling out for that. Um, and it's the, the premier event there, so it it should be streamed. It ain't that hard to do it. They had a couple of cameras set up with it. Um, I thought it was a good a, a good effort at it, and and great that it was available across oh, the lots of platforms. The quality of the vision was awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I found the Facebook quality was probably as as good as anything else yeah. um, on there. I looked on a couple uh, of different things. I mean, the, the poor commentator was left to do the whole weekend oh, to hard, himself. Hard, That's hard, a hard, hard gig. That is a real hard gig. So, you know, well done to the. I've, I didn't quite catch the guy's name during that much of it, no. unfortunately, but well done to him. Uh, let's move on to the second semi-final, the later game on um, the Saturday, and that was between Punjab and the Punjab and Sindh Bank, which made it a little bit difficult for me to understand at times who was doing well, no, what. You, you, you knew who the Punjab and Sindh Bank were, because they were the blokes who just come off the beach. Yeah, right. Well, they, so look, we're, we're... they were wearing board shorts. To us here in Australia, it looked like they were wearing... A, uh, swimming attire. Yes. Uh, that, as we call them, the board not, short. Not, yeah, not, not the budgie. Yeah, board not the budgie short. smuggler. No. The board short. The board short. Um, and that was a, I, I did watch all of that game, and that was a ripper too. Punjab had a very good team. Great hockey being played, and some superbly skilled players. Yeah, well, five, 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 five or six current internationals there in, yeah. the, in the group. It's oh, it was a really enjoyable game. Uh, Punjab, took the bickies there and having said I watched the game I think they won 4-1 in the end it, what, just referring back to my whinge a little bit later Matt scores not on the uh, actual website then we move on to uh, day 11 and uh, the third versus fourth place was between um, the uh, Railway Sports Promotion Board and the Punjab and Sin Bank couldn't get a result for that game um, however, I watched that one, but I can't, I can't remember what it was. The real game that we were interested in was the final, and that was a, an enthralling game between Punjab and the Petroleum Sports Promotion Board, and it was won by the Petroleum Sports Promotion Board. The gas pushers got it out, 3-2 in the end. They were 3-1 up with about a couple of minutes to go. Uh, when Punjab came back and scored their second goal, and you thought, here we go, the game is really, really on. And never have I seen a hockey team flaff and fuff around more oh. than that when the game was on the line and there to win. Yeah, there was time to score a couple of goals there. Uh, but having said that, like that, that first half of that game, it was Punjab's. It was all Punjab. Yeah. And, and, I, and you, I, I didn't see uh, the railways 
They did score yeah, first. Punjab yeah, yeah, yeah. But, first. but they were well ahead, well, well up on the game. And you thought with the, the quality of cattle they had out there that that would be it. But uh, I think it was all three goals were on the break from the railways, and they broke at such pace, bang, such pace bang, down bang. the down the flanks. And uh, yeah, Punjab just weren't in the right spots when when uh, uh, railways hit the top of the D. Well, it was so fast, our poor old mate, the commentator, was reduced to basically, oh, brilliant, because there was no time to get the commentary in. <laughs> it just went bang, bang, bang. Yeah, good stuff. We'll be covering more of that, of course, in the next episode, episode three yeah, of and the Congratulations, Pundits. Congratulations, Petroleum Sports Promotion Board. Um, great job, and a very well done, Hockey India. Well done, all the players. I really enjoyed watching it, and. Well, congratulations really to the ra- railways for winning it as well. Petroleum's, petroleum were good, but railways were better. Who won? Railways. Well, I've just said they lost. No, railways beat Punjab 3-2 in the final. Didn't I say Punjab, but didn't I say Petroleum Sports? Probably I don't think so, early. no. I think you're good. You just mentioned the gas pushers there. I thought you'd made up a new name for the uh, for the no, Railways the, the, boys. The Railways boys are the coal shovelers. Uh, yeah, well, the coal shovelers got it. The coal shovelers The coal won. shovelers got it, yeah. I'm sure I said the gas guzzlers won before oh, gas the, pumpers. The, see, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the winners <laughs> of the A-Division senior men was the Railways... Uh, Railways of Punjab, isn't it? No, it's a Railway Sports Promotion. Yeah, board. I'm pretty sure it's those guys. That's why I call them the cold shovelers. Yes, yeah, anyway, call, Look, them what you, call them what you want. They want it. This Fantastic. is an ideal opportunity for our listeners to communicate with us and tell us how wrong we have been. Ah, we're talking about getting things wrong, John, and we mentioned uh, indoor a moment ago. Um, oh, yes. My sincerest apologies <laughs> uh, to the Western Wildcats, who had a, um, uh, a result reversed um, from their... Uh, Scottish indoor final on the men's side of course I gave the win to Grove Mingus Hill, uh, it was a draw in normal time but on the shootout the winners were indeed the Western Wildcats, my apologies once again, uh, I just got a bit excited talking about all the indoor hockey last weekend uh, Tell you what mate, the Twitter's just come through that we'll have to mention a little bit later on Oh right, okay. Yes uh, It comes from the International Hockey Federation How often have you seen a team with three captains? We should have been asking Andy Halliday this earlier tonight when we had the opportunity. We'll get on to that a bit later. Let's just quickly go through. Um, uh, the women's games are on this weekend. Uh, the women's games. <laughs> the um, the final will be played on Monday, next Monday, at 3pm uh, local time in India. The third versus fourth game is played at 9am in the morning, so there's a big gap between both yeah, games. Yeah, they had that over last weekend as well. Mm. Uh, the semi-finals will be on the Sunday, uh, once again starting at 9am and 3pm local time. Um, as I said, I can't find any results. Look, I can't find any results as far as they're printed here, everything all in one place. No, you'd have to go and piece things together on social. I'd have to go through and I'd have to work out percentages and goal scoring and all that sort of stuff. And at the moment, we just don't have time to do that. But Which is really unfortunate. Part of my rant very soon, so I'll get rid of that. Any more results? Uh, Quickly, Malaysia, just one quick one from there. Uni KL had a 4-2 win over their closest rivals, uh, Tanaga National, um, over the weekend. Uh, So that pretty much secures the Malaysia Hockey League for them. Uh, 
Yeah, four four two win goals from Iswan, Ferdows, Razi Rahim, Kieran, Ian Govers and Ashran Hamzani. Uh, coach Errol Savaraj said uh, Tanaga controlled the match for two quarters, but I have players who can turn around a match. Actually, I call them match winners. And that's how we managed to make a comeback. Uh, so, yeah, pressure's off them. It looks as though they'll be clear to win the MHL. And the ladies' side, there's uh, some, some cup matches happening at the weekend. Now, while you're speaking about Malaysia, I think this is oh. a news story. I'm not sure if it's news or not. I have my doubts that this is actually news, but it's being reported as such. Terry Walsh leaving Malaysian hockey. Yeah, as, as technical director. As technical director. Now, we spoke to Terry in for episode two and as it turned out two, three and four because it was such a long interview um, and I distinctly had the impression that Terry Walsh's um, contract was going to be up at a certain date and well it was it was it was, it was it was up at the time we spoke to him I think and, then and he'd it, done it, an extension yeah, and the, yeah he was mulling over um, whether to continue that or not and as it happened he did continue that but uh, and that for extension, 12 months yeah, well the extension of the contract months. essentially went to the end of the World Cup was my understanding Right. That that he he'd signed on until the end of the World Cup, and we got the distinct impression then that when he came to the end of his contract, that was it. He wasn't going to hang around. He he was going to do as much as he could and work as hard as he could, and then it was be time for him to move on. Yeah. That's yeah. the feeling I got from our discussions. But in between times before that contract ended, Roland Altman's um, took the uh, um, the head coach job there. I'm not sure that Terry would have known a great deal about that. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. It's uh, as a lot of interest I, around I that at the time with, with him stepping away from Pakistan. It. I think it, his contract was up and, and the situation was always when his contract came up. Yeah, he was that's it. I'm, I'm off. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was acrimonious at all. I think it's it just Terry saying, look, it's time for me to... Yeah. I'm not so sure that he, he will be popping up anywhere else. So there's been a lot of talk. Oh, will, he take, will he take the India job? job. It, it, look, <laughs> it staggers me. Here's how India can woo Terry Walsh back. You ready for it? They ooh, pay, ooh, ooh. Yeah. They can pay him a big bag full of money and probably some of the money that he was owed for the last time he was coaching there. <laughs> that would be a good start. Pay him in advance. Then he'd start thinking about it. Let him coach from Australia and you've probably got him. You probably want to have some kind of uh, stipulations on uh, outside influence. There would be on one selector. <laughs> there would be one selector, and the, India would have to totally revamp the Hockey India board and directors and everybody involved. Yeah, well, we know that's not going to happen there, but there's, there's a lot of debate over that. Who's going to take that role there? I think, well, I understood that tomorrow, uh, no, Friday this week, the 15th, was the deadline for applications uh, for the, the men's coaching role in India. Uh, I did get a note from somebody saying oh, that might have been extended because of the volume of applications that they've had there. Um, uh, I've also heard that expect a decision, uh, an appointment to be to happen within the month, uh, not by the end of this month, but within within a month. Um, Australians, a couple of Australians front runners there. Jay Stacey, maybe, maybe Graham Reed. Um, a couple of names that have popped up, or, or are we looking towards Europe? Now we had a chat on the last Push Past Pundits about the uh, coaching situation in India, and I was specifically asked by uh, Mahir, one of the pundits, if I'd take the, you know, what do you think would need to happen for a coach to take the job? And the first thing is that you're going to have to have team selection. 
you're going to have to have the final say on team selection yeah. as coach because that's obviously been an issue. And it's one of those ones where the sort of coach they need, they're probably not going to get because there's too much interference from outside and those sort of coaches won't take that interference. They'll walk. Yeah, I think it probably suits would would suit either somebody who's been at the top level and a, is in a, um, a support role somewhere like Graham Reid and, and wants to be coaching an international team again. I'm not saying he does, but he might be very happy in, in Amsterdam with the the role there. In uh, all honesty, I don't think any coach should take the role. No, but I, I don't think, think anybody will be... In the way that Indian hockey instructor is working at the moment, I don't think you'd really want the job because you're never going to be able to get what you want. Well, but is it an opportunity? Well, look, it's a great time to take over the team there. There's not a lot of hockey ahead, so there's an opportunity to mould a side. Um, there's pretty low expectation on, on the back of recent recent performances. I think it would suit a coach that's maybe looking to be a coach of their national team in their next yeah, job and, and to get that experience under the bow. And it's interesting, though, the comment about expectation because they're still, what, fifth or sixth ranked team in the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, they might they be might thinking... They might drop to seventh or eighth. Well, yeah, at the moment, they're thinking, you know, the public might go, oh, well, we've had a bad tournament. No, we're terrible and terrible. But tell you what, the next test match they come along and play, everybody's going to go, oh, well, we're the fifth or sixth ranked <laughs> yes. team in the world. We yeah. expect... Yeah. It's it's a big job to carry, and it'd be an exciting job, yeah. no doubt. But um, there's certain issues going on, I think, in India that doom any coach, yeah. regardless of how good they are. Yeah. And they had a great Indian coach. What did they do? They sacked him. They shafted him. And they used a pretense of a bit of a hissy fit at a press conference for it. I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, poor old... Double Narendra, standards. Double standards. Yeah, um, you know, maybe we could talk him into coming down to Fremantle when uh, our next coach moves on. Oh, maybe. We might get a game with you boys as well in the 50s. We'd be happy to take on Harry and our side. That'd be fantastic. Now, John, we've strayed off the news a little bit and we've got a lot to crack on with. Uh, Let's bring on Mr Andy Halliday. You are with the reverse stick and we're here at Perth Hockey Stadium on looking the GB Hockey Men's Training Session ahead of the FIH Pro League game here against the Kookaburras at the weekend and we are absolutely delighted to have joining us Mr Andy Halliday, Team Manager of GB. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi gents, good to be here. Obviously listening listen to you over the summer <laughs> from, from afar whilst out walking the dogs and uh, it's good to meet you and uh, yeah, good to be back in Perth. How have you found it so far, Andy, the, the Pro League concept and how's it evolving for Great Britain? Well, it's evolving well because we've, we've won both our first two <laughs> games, obviously, but um, yeah, I think we, we didn't really know what this was going to be like. It's a very new concept for international hockey uh, and certainly you know, with a group of players and athletes and staff who are very used to being tournament-driven, you know, uh-huh. so we prepare for a you know, two-week tournament where we're going to play probably seven, eight games possibly. And this is very, very different. You know, this is a little bit more like the football rugby type model where we're just playing one game. So it is very new for us. Um, I think it has its positive side. It has its negative side. The negative side, I think, is because we're so used to travelling across the world and playing a lot of games of hockey, Uh for us to travel from the UK to New Zealand, New Zealand to Australia, we're away three weeks and we play only two games yeah. 
that's it, it just doesn't sit right at the moment uh-huh. I guess with us but um, but one thing the positive side of this is that it is giving us the opportunity to see different places rather than just a hotel room for two weeks where you're involved in a tournament so um, so it's you know from a, from purely from a sort of social aspect to get away from the performance side of things it's good because we're seeing you know other parts of the world that probably in the past we haven't seen yeah so so far um, so good it's been a, it's been a good experience for us um, obviously a short trip to Valencia for our first game against Spain we were away for five days there which was um, a, a positive um, the game was compelling a very interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no maybe we'll talk about that but it got, got eyes on the pro league it certainly, certainly did that <laughs> I think it took a lot of us by surprise I think the um, you know the quarter time score against Spain where we're four one down and um, really staring down both barrels and uh, and I think actually the calmest t- the calmest place at that point was the bench I think everybody you know they, they, they really believed that they could still win this game. It's interesting, Spain had played I think three games that week um, and as it turned out it was a cracking performance really for yeah. the boys. The second half performance to come back and win 6-5 in that game was uh, and I think that really set us up um, particularly you know, our youngsters and new coach Danny Kerry obviously World Cup being his first major tournament a lot of changes around the way that we're playing tactically um, so those sorts of performances, I think, really give you a boost from a, from a confidence perspective. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was a really positive start. And what about um, so um, New Zealand? We saw there some good crowds there, and there was a lot of Black Sticks fans and dressed up and making lots of noise. Have you? Have, what's your perspective on the event experience? Spain, I think, was a bit different because um, it was a Friday game. It was an 11 a.m. start, so. Actually, all you could hear at, at, at quarter to eleven was "España, España" <laughs> from two and a half thousand school kids. Who I think, and I, I, I don't know how many of them had hockey experience, because I think their attention probably waned, particularly when we sort of went six four up. <laughs> um, but um, so that was that was a different environment. New Zealand, I think you felt that it was a more hockey purist type crowd. Yeah. Um, I think they put on a tremendous event. It's a new new centre at Christchurch that, that they're building, um, and we had a fabulous week there. Um, the I think <coughs> the New Zealand hockey public obviously don't get a great deal of top level international hockey in their own country, and I think there were a couple of thousand between two and three thousand there, yeah. and the, the, there was a, a good atmosphere certainly. And we were able to watch the second game. The women's game, which started after ours, and just really impressed with the way that they set the thing up. Yeah. It was it, it was good. Yeah, yeah. enjoyed it. And yeah. We're looking forward to seeing what what happens here in Perth the weekend. We, yes, there's we a are. few things happening in and around the ground. There's some new advertising boards for the FIH and things like that are going. Um, Perth public generally decide about 20 minutes before an event starts <laughs> whether they're going to go or not, yeah. um, and then wonder why there's queues at the gate when the, uh, when, when they get there. But yeah, we're we're hoping we put on a good a good show here, and, and likewise the the boys and girls that are playing put on a good show as well. It's certainly been getting a, a quite a bit of media locally. There's been a fair bit of interest shown there, so hopefully we will get a really big crowd along on, on the weekend. So what's next pro league wise? Next um, fixtures for the for the boys there. So yeah. we we go back. Back home, uh, so we play Australia on Saturday. Uh, we fly back home on Monday, so we're back in the UK Tuesday. 
um, a few days of R and R, and then the lads are back into their central program. Uh-huh. Um, we don't travel again until April when we go out to Argentina to play there. So, obviously, with the the seasons as they are, we're playing our our southern hemisphere games yeah. early. We haven't done it like Belgium, who are just sort of doing it in 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 one um, one hit. Um, for us, um, we will go back and play these played Spain, play these two games out here, go back, then we go to Argentina. Then obviously with the weather warming up in Europe, uh, yes, fingers crossed, crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll start to play our home games um, at Lee Valley and obviously travel to Europe. And then a really exciting concept for us is the last game, so GB men and women playing New Zealand, uh, are going to be held at the Stoop, which... Yeah. For, for, for listeners that is a rugby union ground next to Twickenham where Harlequins play where they're going to lay a pitch um, I think it's a 16,000 yeah some 15, 16 capacity yeah. so that's that's a really exciting concept and if that's a success it could certainly for hockey in the UK it, it could have a major impact yeah. if we're able to put a pitch down in a stadium I mean it takes you guys are too young you probably won't remember but I can remember the the days of AstroTurf pitches in the Football League in, in, in oh, the yeah, UK yeah, yeah. and playing initially at Queen's Park Rangers, yeah, Luton, Luton Town, Town yeah, yeah. and you know so um, so I think you know that's an, it's an exciting concept. It's a brave move and really interested interested to see how it works out. You mentioned the fixtures there. Did you guys have much input into how they they were going to work? You know, did, would Belgium, for instance, have had a say? And said, "Look, we want to play them all in a block." Did you guys have any? I think I think all the performance directors and the chief executives from all the national governing bodies around the world get together. Certainly, the performance director has um, will have a view, having spoken to our head coaches, men and women, on where we want to go, at what what point. I think naturally, because of the way that the seasons fall uh, for us in Europe. It's, it, it, it almost picks itself in yeah, a way yeah. in that we, we need to be in the southern, hem- southern hemisphere so during the um, during the summer here um, we couldn't play any home games as you know in the UK at the moment yeah. um, with with the risk of uh, pitches being frozen yeah. so so I think I think everybody got together there was discussion amongst the performance directors um, around the world in, in connection with the FIH yeah. uh, and they came up with, with a program moving forward. Is it difficult to keep the players focused when you've got that big break? I mean, they, obviously, as you mentioned, they're used to having that game every day or every second day, and so it's recovery play, recovery play sort of thing, but you know, how, how difficult is it to, for them, A, to relax and, and, and B, to keep them thinking about hockey? Yeah, you're right, John. I think it, it, it's, it's a skill in itself um, and, and it's new. Yeah. So um, we worked incredibly, incredibly hard around the, the sort of mental skills side of the game over the last few years. Um, we have a sports psychologist, Katie Warriner, who's had a lot of success with uh, rugby sevens and with canoeing, who's been working with us. And actually, that's one of the things that that, that you learn: the ability to be able to switch off, um, but also the ability to be able to. Um, get up at the right time for want of a, um, a, a better phrase so that um, you know we are used to in tournament mode it's 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 it, well it's a real roller coaster but you you're probably up for four games in seven days 
Whereas here, actually being really on it for training is important, um, but then switching off, but always remembering why you're here. And I think that's the, that's the big thing for us. Perth, beautiful city. Christchurch, beautiful city. <laughs> yeah. um, very easy to get distracted and forget why you're here. Um, so that, yeah, in itself is a skill, but I think the guys remind each other. I mean, you know, we have a very strong empowerment um, belief within this group. Um, and it's not for the head coaches and the team manager and others to, to remind them. They, they remind each other that they're actually very good at that um, as a group of individuals. So, so far, so good. We've, we've, we've certainly, for both the Spain game and the New Zealand game, you feel that we've been in the right frame of mind on game day. So, so you're sort of thinking that the five-day preparation before that has obviously been okay. Yeah. So. Do, do you like the, um, the women and the men playing together on the same day? As it, it suits me as a viewer to yeah. have uh, both the nations playing each other. I think it's great. I, I, the only time that we tend to be together at tournaments is multi-sports events. So it's only the Commonwealth Games yeah. or the Olympic Games when we're actually um, with each other. Um, so this is, it, it's really good and it's great to see that, that the two squads mix. I mean we obviously have, you know, George Pinner is is married to Joe Hunter, you know, in the, in the women's group. So that, you know, there are connections there anyway. But um, but being away as a group, I think um, it adds a little bit extra. Um, you know, certainly a month in India in Bhubaneswar, you know, surrounded by sort of male hockey players. Um, you know, that if we if that had been a joint tournament, I think it would have, I guess. Made made it more enjoyable, probably in many ways. The ability, you know, just to have coffee with the with yeah. girls and, and and be around. Well, uh, well is, there, is there much interaction? Is there a, a, a barbecue between both sides whilst they're here in Perth? We try we try and organise social events. I think um, in the past, I know they've had joint sort of quiz nights, um, and I think we're trying to organise something on Sunday before we go back that we right. you know we do something together. Um, and that's really healthy because I think you know when I first started working with the group back in sort of 2009 2010 that was they were very much two separate entities but I think now we've got to a point where um, you know the objective is the same we're both trying to be successful yeah groups of athletes and um, and you know being able to I think mix with it with each other and different face different yeah, yeah. It's, so it's yeah it's positive without doubt now you mentioned before about um, getting up in the mornings. So I spotted that you did a 10k run before breakfast with <laughs> with the group the other day. The bridge to bridge uh, run here in Perth. It took me back to my childhood because that's my school was just next door. That, oh, we, that was PE <laughs> class. Was that right? <laughs> yeah. So you obviously keep yourself fit, and you've had your exploits with hockey for heroes with your dribbling. Do you want to give give the listeners a bit of a rundown on that? Yeah. So. <clears throat> um, Funnily enough, it was after a couple of beers, I think, in 2012. I think it was the Hockey Writers Club lunch. Um, and we'd had a couple of beers at lunchtime. And um, the conversation came up around, we've got a couple of spots in the London Marathon with uh, the England Hockey Charity at that point. Anybody fancy dribbling a hockey ball? And I think it was just a throwaway comment. And I thought, well, I'll give that a go. So Jason Lee and I, in 2012, Olympic year, um, we did it and um, five and a half hours which you know wasn't bad and trained pretty hard for it so 
you sort of think, well, ah, you know, I'll hang my, hang my stick up, you know, that's, I can't, you know. <laughs> but then you're bitten by it, aren't you? And uh, so two years later, with John Bleeby, um, again, raised, the big thing is about raising money for charity. Um, we dribbled the three peaks, which in the UK is Ben Nevis, um, Snowden, uh, Scaffold Pike. Um, hard, hard going, if easy going down? Um, actually, I know this sounds quite weird, it's more difficult going down than right. the hockey ball because you have to go oh, backwards. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so, um, and, and the other thing was, I think when we came off Ben Nevis, which was the first one, um, going backwards, I think I lost about seven balls. It just off the side into the heather, and and we were thinking about we were having to call, think about ringing sports shops in North Wales because we were going to get to Snowdon without any hockey. <laughs> but um, no, that so real success. Myself and John Bleeby um, completed that. I think it was seventeen hours in total to do the three. So then, of course, you think, right, next challenge. So, um, Hockey for Heroes, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for Hockey for Heroes. Um, Cardiff to London, they carried a quadriplegic ex-Marine, um, Don Hugo Lovett, who um, was uh, invalided out effectively from the Royal Marines after a training accident. Um, so we carried him on a stretcher from Cardiff to London, stopped off at 10 different hockey clubs, played three games a day, yeah. raising money for Help for Heroes, so Hockey for Heroes being the splinter charity. So 200 mile dribble, that was the, the, the next one. So I dribbled behind the stretcher. Um, and then suddenly, I'm sort of thinking beginning of this year, or late last year, Everest Base Camp. You know, before I'm too old. <laughs> but then this great opportunity came up. So I'm a sports ambassador for Lincoln Minster School. Um, and one of the, the teachers there said, well, look, we're going to Annapurna, the, um, the trail around the bottom of Annapurna. And that's with students? With students. Yeah. Um, and the plan is that we're going to get ourselves into the Guinness Book of Records for the highest game of hockey. Oh, 5,200 meters. So, so the plan is to, for me to dribble a hockey ball up to 5,200 meters, where there will be a game between Lincoln Minster School and Hockey for Heroes. So there's about 12 Hockey for Heroes guys and girls going. Um, again, raising money for, for 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 charity. So, so that's that's coming up in the summer. So a trip to the Himalayas, and I think. I will then hang my stick. That will be it. So, yeah. so, so, where can people get involved to support Hockey so for Heroes? Gonna set the well, the, the Hockey for have a look on the Hockey for Heroes website. Um, there is a link there to their sort of Just Giving page. I think we um, we plan. I'm 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 also going to raise money for a little guy called Lewis Little Legs, who's um, got cerebral palsy. Um, he's. We're trying to raise money to get an operation to, to, to enable him to go to the state to have an operation, uh -huh. um, and and so it's split between Lewis and Hockey for Heroes for me. Um, but the Hockey for Heroes website has got all the information. And can they get in and support you through Hockey for Heroes for both projects? Yeah, yeah, I mean supporting Hockey yeah. for Heroes through the Just Giving page. Yeah, Hockey yeah. for Heroes is fantastic. Um, and Hockey for Heroes now has a thing called the Warrior Scheme, which is so we're trying to get more and more people involved in Hockey for Heroes, and these are initiatives to become part of, raise money for for, for Hockey for Heroes, 
there are lots of opportunities to save money on hockey kit. Yeah, so there's an online store with fifteen percent. That's right. Yeah, go towards hockey for heroes or something like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's really. I mean, Joel Forrester, the CEO at Hockey for Heroes, is really sort of taking this to the next level. Um, we, we, we had we had Joel on the show. Oh, maybe six months, five or six, yeah. months, five or six months ago. Well, I think yeah. it was around the time you were doing the. Um, a bit later than the dribble. I think you spoke to Ashley, didn't you, with um, on the Not the Footy Show right. podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's that's Hockey Heroes is really is really moving. It's it, it's going well, and um, you know we hope to to raise the profile of that, but also raise funds for our service personnel. That's the that's the main. Thing, yeah, so. I think it does a, a great thing to raise the profile of hockey as yes. well, and it shows the kind of people that we have in, in, involved with our game. Um, you know we're. We talk about the hockey family a lot. A lot of sports say the rugby family or whatever, but there is a, a, a genuine sense of um, I don't know, there's a caring nature among, amongst the hockey family, and that shines through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so um, you, you go back to um, the UK at the end of this, a little bit back into camp. Um, now, are you involved with any other coaching club-wise or within schools? Or I can't, I'm doing a bit of coaching at St Albans School. My 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 hockey career really has has been based around St Albans, where I played um, and coached for many many years. Um, coached their first team for a few years, but stepped back from that a couple of years ago. So, still involved with the club, still still support the club. Like to advise them, you know, whenever I can around their their sort of coaching setup and their playing setup. So still, St Albans very much you know at my, yeah. in my heart. Um, but I, I guess now with, with international commitments, with, with the Pro League, with the European Championships, um, it's, it's a busy, busy time for international hockey. So yeah. there isn't a great deal of time really for, for you know, other, yeah. other events and other coaching. But, um, so it's exciting times for hockey. Really interested to see how the Pro League, um, how it develops you know, initially in this first two years um, and then see what happens beyond then. Um, I think I think hockey is at quite a pivotal point at the moment. Around, you know, ha- you talk to our athletes. The big thing for them is the, is playing in the Olympic Games. Yet the more commercial sports seem to become. I think the Olympic Games and that that ambition to to be part of to be an Olympic athlete tends to wane. And you see now in the more professional sports. It's not as important. Yeah. So we're really interested to see how the pro league goes, the impact that that has on um, our normal tournament hockey, the European Championships, and um, international hockey in general. Um, is the model sustainable? So it's exciting, um, but I think there's an air of, of, of anticipation, but also an air of. Um, you know, how is this going to work out? Where are we going to be in three or four years' time? Hockey could really make it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, obviously, the problems that we're having around the added finances around the Pro League, which which are taking two squads around the world and taking them to the European Championships and taking them to the Olympic Games, um, it puts a financial burden on everybody. Yeah. Um, so interested to see how things go over the next year or two. Yeah, we've, we've been excited by it so yeah. far. Oh, the quality of the hockey's been really good, I think, and it's certainly the games have been exciting. And I know a lot's been made of the men scoring more goals than the women's, but the women's games have been as equally as intriguing as, as a viewer. Um, 
yeah. as good as goals are, <laughs> that don't, don't necessarily mean everything about the quality of the game. No, it has. I think. The, the, I mean, the interesting thing around it for me is this 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 sort of argument that that you don't have the quality with a one-off game. I think it sort of works both ways. In that, yeah, okay, people can get into a rhythm in a tournament, and you know you're building up for quarter-final, semi-final, final. But actually, you've got nothing to lose with a one-off game, so yeah. you can put absolutely everything into it. The argument against that is that if you're travelling halfway around the world, you're bound to be affected by by the jet lag and the travel. Um, you know, there's an old adage, isn't there, about if you if you're travelling, you allow one hour a day for depending on the time the time difference. You know, so but we've gone into into Christchurch where there's a 13 hour difference, uh, eight nine days before and you know performed pretty well so um, I mean I remember the days where teams international teams were travelling on a Friday across the world and play on a Saturday yeah, you know, yeah. so <laughs> maybe they, we're a bit too soft on the athletes well, these days well they travel six months on a boat to get there before well, you yeah. <laughs> to go home back uh, we we often hear here in WA in Perth because we're so removed from the rest of Australia, teams that are involved in national competitions talking about the travel factor there, and that's three hours essentially, three or four hours. But interesting that a lot of the athletes who are involved in those teams that are successful and win national titles will tell you that a good team will win anywhere, and the travel's all made up in your head, and it makes no difference at all. <laughs> so you you've got experts saying it's a very bad thing, and then well. I'm not sure where it all lies. Having yeah. seen these guys, I think the day after we got into Christchurch, <laughs> state of these guys, I'm, I'm not sure about that, John. Yeah, but, um, 13 hours is a rather long, yeah. long haul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the old circadian rhythm was upside down, I think, for, for a few days. And I mean, that's one of the things that, as a pro league develops, that will, you know, teams will learn to cope with that and learn strategies to, to get around it. and. Once, as you said before, a lot of it's going to be about how much you can afford to, you know, can you afford to stay in a town another two days or you, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've certainly had quite a lot of help from um, sleep specialists and, um, you know, over the years around, you know, maximising performance and best time to prepare before you travel. So best, best, you know, what time do you go to bed? So if you're coming out to New Zealand, for example, Actually, the preparation starts before you get on the aircraft, yeah. and that could be getting up at four a.m. three days before you fly. So there's this. Yeah. So by the time you you're in that time zone, you you are starting to adjust. Um, sports science has come on incredibly. <laughs> I mean, over over the years. Um, as I say, I do remember the days where, <laughs> you know, it was just rock up. Yeah, and play. <laughs> Look, just before we let you go, Andy, just uh, we know you get involved a lot with the uh, with the new rules, and you've got to try and um, let everybody know how that's going. And you've also mentioned some of the history of the game. Now, John's got written, something written on his T-shirt there at the moment. We just want to know your feelings on oh, bring, 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 bring back the ball. <laughs> Are you going to ask me about yeah. the crash ball? Yes, as well, 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 that's, that's, that's only for the commentators okay. to wind up. Though. I'll see Ashley tomorrow. Yeah, well, mainly, we're trying to wind up uh, Mace with it, and we'll be speaking to him next week on oh, the right, show. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll be talking all about. That. But yeah, bring back the bully, yes or no? Ooh. Just start, start, start of each half, or sorry, each, each, each quarter. <sighs> oh, no, 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 it doesn't have to be each quarter. Start, yeah, first half and the second half. I'm afraid I'm going to have to say no. Oh. <laughs> well, that's it. We're <laughs> off then. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I played. I, I remember the you know ground stick. Uh, being taught, you get ground stick, ground stick, ground stick, ball. 
and then it just changed to one yeah, one yeah. tap. And my last, well, my abiding memory, I guess, of the bully is is um, when the ball used to get stuck between two sticks in indoor hockey. Right. Yeah. yeah which yeah. of course nobody nobody wanted to see. So you've got to have some. So do you go scissor paper scissor paper stone? <laughs> do you toss a coin? Um, but no, I guess. Look, I'm I'm a bit of a purist, so I, I'd rather see. The, part, the ball passed, you know, the beginning of the game, we passed the ball. Oh, but what do you call that, though? Yeah, what do you it's call a it? Start. <laughs> it's a start. It's a game. certainly a start. start. It's a bit like you hear everybody around the world talking about shuffles, yeah. shuttles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, and we're like that, we don't know what to call it. <laughs> penalty shootout. Shit, shit. Well, is it a penalty, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean this is the thing because nobody nobody can agree on it at all. No. Nobody can agree. Yeah, shuffles, shuttles, they just yeah. don't work, yeah. do they? No. But shuffles, you know. you've got you know somebody dealing out five cards to one team and five, you know that's it doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, fantastic. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks, guys. Andy. Good to meet you after yeah. all this time. And w- uh, wishing you the best of luck, but not too much luck for, <laughs> for this weekend. And yeah, looking forward to. Uh, Another more fantastic Pro League well, games. Let's hope we get like, two cracking games on Saturday afternoon. Uh, two teams that at the moment are, are trying to play expansive attacking hockey and, and make yeah. it entertaining. So really. And I, what I would say is that you know for our athletes, you know going to Australia to play against Australia, in Australia, you know it's special. It really is special for us. It's a, you know you talk about the Ashes rivalry, um, but but for our young players. Being in this environment, you know, they they will learn so much from yeah. the experience on Saturday. So we're we're really looking forward to it. Oh, and as much as we give you a hard time about it, we love it too. Australians love playing against England or Great Britain or anything like that. It's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and. Wasn't that wonderful to catch up with Andy? Um, that was great. Great chat. Well, we had a great chat prior to us sort of getting the tape rolling, and um, and then he had to run off onto the field and do some umpiring <laughs> duties for a bit. Um, and then uh, yeah, team yeah. manager and training umpire. Yeah, fantastic. And then when they worked on the corners and and at the end of the session, then he popped back up and we we sat down and had a, a nice chat for half an hour. In fact, if you're listening to the audio and you think his voice fades in and out at times, it's because he had his back to the short corner practice and he kept turning around and having a look at what the boys were up to. We should have uh, changed the situation. <laughs> we should have changed it. <laughs> no, but yeah, what a what, what a pleasure to have him on yeah. and you know a, a great hockey man. He is, he is indeed, and um, we'll have to keep in tabs with his uh, Himalayas. Hope he's not dribbling that ball back down the Himalayas. But <laughs> How much is he going to lose it's there? It's going around, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a, a bit of undulation with it. <laughs> Good luck to them all. Fantastic work they're doing there too with that those uh, charities, Hockey for Heroes. Hockey for Heroes, yeah, and uh, yeah, we love to, love to support everything that's in there. The squads have been selected, and some of the, the challenges for this this year have have come out. It's um, absolute madness once again. So, um, yeah, well done, well done. Okay, let's move on to some other things quickly. Uh, I said I was going to have a whinge. I'm going to have a whinge because I was looking, trying to find the results from the weekend Indian men's, and the only way you can truly get a handle on it is to scroll through days and days of social media posts. And it makes it very difficult, and it's a problem... I think, although it might seem very small, it's one of those little things that is actually a big step up in things like credibility. And 
if you, if you say just our own AFL, the, the Indigenous football code they play here, they've got results and all sorts of statistics and everything up instantly. As soon as it happens, you can find this information out. And if we're going to play with the big boys media-wise, we've got to start doing that because these guys aren't going to scroll through social media post after social media post trying to work out how a tournament went. They're they're just going to forget about it. They're not even going to bother. Too hard, move on. And that's where one area I think hockey could make great strides with very little extra effort. Another example is um, the... The, uh, over the weekend with the Pro League uh, we use the Altius statistics yep, the TMS, out yep. and, the, and the team sheets and stuff in, in one of the games a team was listed as having 100% possession <laughs> and of course they, they gave away a short corner, I think they even gave away a goal in that quarter yep. So how, now I understand how these mistakes can happen, yep. what I don't understand well, is well, we, why we they are about, vetted yeah, and you, what, you know is someone not looking at that before it gets posted saying, hang on a sec, look, that's obviously a mistake. We don't know. We'll just put both at zero. Yeah, well, that's that's real. T- TMS is real time. So that's as you put it into your tablet or, or into the PC, then that gets updated automatically on there. Uh, yeah. That's the idea behind that system. But it seems to be different to the information that's on FIX.live. Now, um, there was a post by a gentleman, Mr. David Balburney, uh, in response or a, a, a reply to something that came come out from the FIH, I think there was a post. Yeah. Um, and this is two years in development. Why isn't there an app? Um, I then continued with the post going, look, if we could bring the best of TMS, FIHProLeague.com, FIH Live and YouTube all together, we might get somewhere close. But you go to the bloody... FIH.live I'm geo-blocked from watching the full games from games that happened back in January the full game view is geo-blocked on FIH.live well, if you I'm have YouTube. sports you'd know that they're on constant rotation <laughs> <laughs> those games oh, yeah. they're on all the time well, the, girls game, the Aussie girls game wasn't shown live at the weekend no. um, on, on Fox anyway that's, a, that's, that's another thing we've had that debate before <laughs> but the the fact that we've Andy Oram spoke at, at the um the uh, the conference. Nice Andy. I'm waiting for an email. Well, no, no, no. But he said <laughs> at the moment uh, we've got these 800 different online sources that we're pulling all of our information from, and FIH Live, FIH Live will be the a central focal point where we can get all of that stuff. Well, already within the FIH system that they control, it's all over the place. You can't watch any highlights or highlight uh, or goals packages on FIH.live. Where are they? They're on YouTube. So you can go and watch the goals 24 hours after the, the games have been played, yeah. but you can't watch a full replay on YouTube. Hmm. Um, it makes it really bloody hard, and it's silly. We've got all the information's there. There's some great stuff on that FIHProLeague.com site. Lots of information. None of that is transferred to FIH.live. So you can't... And there's no click-through from that site. There's nothing saying, want more stats... Uh, want to find out about the teams and a few little um, links around about there is nothing on there it's it's a joke so come on raise your game a little bit guys and also GB Hockey raise your game as well a tweet that you put out yesterday which you've now deleted and, and I look stupid because there's a couple of comments underneath um, alluded to the fact that if you play the shootout you're then the winners of the game uh, no you, it's a drawn game and you get a shootout bonus 
And secondly, they said that um, on the little graphic, which had obviously been done separately, it said that there's three shootouts per team. That's indoor. Um, they could have dealt with it a bit more humour, I think, and just gone, oops, we made a mistake there. We've let the intern loose with the Twitter account. Uh, no, delete. Um, and it's yeah. been corrected, and there's a new post up there now. Look, it might sound like my little whinge about little things like that, um, you know, oh, well, you're just this little podcast, and you whatever. The thing is, credibility, though, mate. It's yeah, credibility. And those, those big boys will ignore it if it's not hand fed to them. Yeah. They will ignore it. Now, just one more example of what I'm talking about, Matt. I'm on the hockey official website of Hockey India. Here you go. It's there. Home page when my internet catches up, it will be on the home page of the official website of Hockey India. There Just you go. Confirming though, it did say Railway Sports. Really. <laughs> Here we go. On the on the right hand stall, we have fixtures, and it's got the all the upcoming fixtures. At the bottom, there's a link. View complete national schedule. Yeah. I'll, I'll click this link. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll click that link. Okay. Let's have a look. Where are we? It finally comes up. <laughs> it is a 404. You know why? Because <laughs> it's going to the national schedule, men and women, 2015.html. The link isn't even to a current link. To, they're the little tiny things yeah, yeah. that add credit, so much credibility to what you do. Yeah. And, um, and no, but you're absolutely they're easy look, to fix. You're, you're we right. can do but, this but, very easily as g- hockey. General you know? sports journos aren't going to put in the hard work. It's... It, the hard work's being done by the media managers around the back, just trying to get any yeah. kind of column inches. Uh, but they, 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 should, they, they should be in a role to be also be able to influence the, what goes up. Yeah. Um, so it's something that we can very easily do. And, and I would urge people to start pointing out to associations where they can do these things better and where they're getting it wrong. Because if no one says anything, nothing will happen and nothing will change. Yeah. So, and these are such small things to get right, and we should concentrate on getting them right. Just a bit it of means fact checking. So yeah, much. A bit of fact checking, bit of proofreading. Uh, yeah, ask ask a colleague before you post if you're unsure. Yeah. And look, sorry to pick on Hockey India there. You're not the only not alone, ones. No, not alone. And but but also, some some associations, national associations, very very good at yeah, it as yeah. well. Yeah, and don't go and look at our website. <laughs> some sort of model to what you should be doing. Just stay away from that. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. You may notice that we haven't done any um, Pro League results, Matt. No, we haven't. Uh, we're going to talk about Pro League. No, we're not. No, because we've already done it. We have indeed. Well, you, if you're listening to this, you probably have. already listened to Totally Pro League. Totally, dude. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, well, I hope you enjoyed it. I haven't listened to it yet. John's put it out um, in between me picking up the kids from school <laughs> and, and uh, us going off and uh, meeting up with Andy. So um, I'm looking forward to it, John. Well, look, I, hope, I hope it's totally pro league. It's it's the um, demo version, and because we got trying to grab it pretty quickly, and there'll be lots more coming in the next three or four weeks and we'll try and flesh out the format a bit we'd love to know what you want it to be um, because well, we're delivering it for other people not for us so so, so John um, I think for the moment people can find out all about Totally Pro League by following us The Reverse Stick on Twitter Instagram and Facebook all at The Reverse Stick um, yeah and if you want to contribute you can send us an email Look, Matt or John at the net. right now if you're already getting The Reverse Stick you'll get 
totally pro league. It's only available through that XML feed. In the next couple of weeks, we'll get a web page up and there'll be a dedicated player for it and dedicated feed for it as well. And it's, you know, an idea that we hope we can take beyond the hockey family. Uh, in conversation with people, it's time we as a sport preached outside the congregation. We have a tendency just to preach to hockey people a lot, and we've got to move beyond that and get the sport yep. out there. So that's the idea behind Totally Pro League. Um, I love your suggestions and your thoughts and opinions, maybe not so much on the quality of the first episode, but what, what we can do to make it something that you know that you as a hockey lover would like to listen to, and perhaps people outside of the sport would like to listen to as well. Yeah, look, I'm really interested. Uh, so we're going to the obviously the GB Australia games at the weekend. I'm really yep. interested to speak some, to some of the crowd. Yep. To see uh, what they know about pro league, uh, what what they've seen, uh, what they've checked out on on social media. Why are they there on the day? All, all these sort of things. Yeah. And we'll also ask them about the bully, won't we? Of course, I'm, yes, yeah. yes, yes, of course, of course we will. You're not going to wear the t-shirt. Oh no, no, we've got a couple no, of we, shirts. Oh, we're going to look yeah. good, mate. Yeah. They're going to know where we're from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Um, but yeah, look, really looking forward to getting to, to, to getting amongst a few people. I just hope both people will come out for the game. I'm sure they will. Because I'll tell you what, we, we don't have to bag other places when there's no, no crowd turns up. So. We've had uh, hockey on the local commercial radio. Yeah. Paul Godoyne, I heard his interview the other night. No, a couple of players. Uh, yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom Wickham was on, on the other day on 6PR. Yeah. yeah. It's great to see the, some of the commercial radio stations around here picking up hockey and promoting it in their sports programs because generally, even at this time of the year, it's very hard to get past the football barrier, the AFL barrier. Um, so... Well done to Hockey Australia for making some uh, positive moves there, or Hockey WA, whoever's responsible for that happening. Yep, fantastic stuff. Um, Talking about sports promotion, the hockey promotion, uh, Drag Flick have really upped their game over the uh, the past four or five weeks. There's some really, really great content, and it's um, yeah, lo- looking really, really special. And, and so check out dragflick.com. Um, I wasn't having a crack at drag flick, by the way, Namisha, during uh, the first episode of Totally Pro League. I was just using you as an example, that's all. Anyway, many happy returns as we record. Namisha, yeah. it's your birthday. Does happy birthday. 21 again. Yes. Well done. Um, what else we got? You've got it Pakistan? written down yet. Uh, oh, well, Shabazz, uh, the resignation uh, that was tendered uh, has been uh, declined from PHF and Brigadier Kokar. And so Shabazz Ahmed back in the secretary role. And, so uh, does that mean he was resigning from the FIH board? Well, that's another matter. That's, no, I doubt it, John. That's another oh. matter. But he did make a comment about Narendra Batra being uh, uh, an Indian and him being a Pakistani, and they need to find some peace and love. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Well, we can make we can do it through hockey. We're we're bringing uh, Korea together. Um, that's right. You know, we we're, are. We're, one of, we're one of the main sports. Well. We're doing more than the politicians are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so why not? Why not? Peace and love. Peace and love. Okay. Um, Masters Indoor World Cup. That's uh, yeah. That's on this weekend in Hong Kong, isn't it? Yeah. I am um, uh, Teo. Um, that's helped us out uh, from the hockey family with some of the pitch side interviews. We've been having a chat with him, so he's going to go and grab some audio uh, there this weekend. He said, "Do I know any players?" And we looked through the Australian team, and like, mm, no, no. And then, <laughs> and then I found one that I remember that played in the UK um, 
15, 20 years ago and I go, oh yeah, no, he used to score a lot of goals, that fella. That just reminds me, Taylor spent, sent us a whole pile of audio about Hong Kong hockey, which yeah. I've got to get through yeah, and no, try and edit yeah, down. No, that and will get happen. A, that will happen. A little bit busy. Oh, we're just excited about the Pro League being in town this weekend, John. Been looking forward to this since. Perth was announced as a host venue. I must admit, I'm pretty excited because I think we're in for two cracking games. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Hockey Stars Awards, they're announced this weekend. That's right. That's uh, So it's uh, too late 14th, to vote. 14th, 15th, that comes out. Uh, yeah, I'm not making any call on it whatsoever. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be a, uh, a Belgian wins the men's and uh, uh, maybe Gigi. I hope it is. Did you vote? Well, I did the same thing I did last year. I picked one player that I should vote for. Yeah. Oh, who else? Was it's just such for? an antiquated system for voting with it. Where you've got to log into each individual uh, section. You can't just go to one page and go click, 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 and, I'm, and off you go. Um, yeah. It's odd. Very, very odd. Oh, well, Jen, you know what? It's and like I, I, I had three votes. Did you? Yeah, three different email addresses. No trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Now we've been through the, the, but look, as a player to win an award like that, well done and congratulations. Yeah. Uh, let's see, that's all I've got written down. What have you got? Big show, big show coming up next week. Obviously we're going to have a, a fallout from the Pro League and hopefully yes. lots of audio from, from, uh, people around the ground and we'll hopefully catch up with some of the and players. In totally Pro League. We'll have some other audio. And we'll have some other audio. We'll be able to mix well. it up. Yeah. We'll have lots of audio, hopefully. Um, and, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got Mr. Simon Mason booked in for, uh, oh, an, an interview next week. Yeah. Crash so, booking. Uh, the, wow, come on, <laughs> no, be he's fair. Not really. Be that's, fair. That's strange as be- crash booking. Before we started recording, Andy Halliday did, did mention, uh, crash ball, didn't he? Or did they go into the record? Maybe it went into the record, I'm not sure. He did mention the crash ball. Thanks a lot, mate. Had a great evening out there at the hockey stadium. We're looking forward to a fantastic afternoon this yeah, Saturday. Um, yeah, absolutely pumped. And look, if you're listening to this in Perth or within flying distance, get your ass down to Perth Hockey Stadium. Yeah. Uh, women's game at three o'clock. Men's game at five o'clock. That sounds about right. Uh, men's game at three o'clock. Women's. At five. Oh, is it? Other way around. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Get down an hour beforehand and uh, have out the uh, the beverage department. Yeah, they'll need it. Um, don't forget, Totally Pro League, you can catch that. Have a listen, let us know. And you can let us know via... Uh, you can let us know via... Oh, what? Emails. Oh, emails. Matt John at thereversestick.net. John, John at thereversestick.net. Yep. Um, and of course, us. if you can help us out, uh, there's a patreon.com forward slash thereversestick. Uh, some different tiers on there for... Um, uh, uh, you know, all that fundraising stuff. Yep. Get involved. Help Twitter. us out. Facebook, Instagram. What else are we on? We're on it all. And if you if you can't um, if you can't help us out financially, just tell some mates. Yeah, spread the word, preach. And on the seventh day, the Lord said. Ah, oh, stuff it. I'm going to go and play a game of hockey. Oh, isn't it? Let there be hockey. <laughs> Let there be hockey. Something like that.